just died up like a salmon, a spawning salmon. Jitsa! Welcome to another Adelaide United Legends podcast. Tim and John Luca back with you, and today we are joined by a guy with a cannon of a left peg, Cassio. Welcome. Hey, guys. Welcome, Cassio. Hey, guys. How are you going? Thanks for having me here. It's good to see you again. Um, 150 games for Adelaide United, two times a really Vidmar club champion. But I'm just as interested to talk to you about growing up and your career in Brazil as I am to about talking to you about your time here and we could probably do this over multiple episodes but let's go right back to the beginning and just give us an insight into life in brazil growing up i imagine like a lot of brazilians you had a ball at your feet as well just playing whenever you could so yeah just give us a bit of insight into that yeah yeah well this is a natural process of every every footballer in in brazil well i mean when you even when you play for fun and and you, you everyone wants to become a footballer it's a natural thing over there so you literally wake up with with a ball, you know, in, in your feet, and then you, you 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 miss school for that, and then you you do those sort of things, playing the streets, playing the beach, and everywhere. So you you literally very happy to, to just to play football. So back then we talk about you know thirty even over thirty years. I'm forty one now, so getting old. Wow, getting old. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm forty two. I know forty one. Wow. Anyways, but yeah, I should then say I, forty, not forty-two. But anyway, no one cares know, about me. Right. You, yeah. look, you look good. Yeah, no, thank no, you. You, you too. <laughs> sorry for interrupting. Please keep. <laughs> no, going. sorry. All right. Uh, yeah. So then I think this is this is a uh, this is a good thing that that back then uh, for for us as a that for me especially that I became a, a professional footballer, I guess helped a lot. So you you're always outside playing no matter what time. Sometimes. You know, at night, late night, and I remember mom calling me, come back home. Nowadays, m- parents pushing the kids to go outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the literally changed completely the picture. But yeah, I'm so happy to have the, you know, the the childhood I have in Brazil. And and uh, even though, you know, it's different times, and but I was, I was so happy to uh, be, be part of that generation. You played 96 games, I think. It was 96 for Flamengo? Yeah, around, yeah. around that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a big club. Yeah, well, it, it is. It is. Was it, was it the club you grew up supporting? Yes, yeah. So my, all my family was Flamengo supporter, like friends around. It's a massive club. Like We talk about probably 40, over 40, 45 million supporters around the, the, the country, plus you know, around the world, which you find a lot. I walk sometimes in Adelaide, in, in Australia, overall, and then you find you find people wearing Flamengo shirt and look at me, and like, what are you doing here? Some people are, you know, some people are not really keen into that, and then they go, oh, where are you living? And then I'll go, you know, Adelaide, and then, oh, wow, unbelievable, let's take a photo like that, you know, yeah. just how big is Flamengo, Flamengo is uh, in Brazil, and I guess in, in the world. So now they're back into the, one of the top ones uh, in a, you know, in, in, in the country, I guess probably the best club in the country for the last three years. Uh, and yeah, but for me, especially it was a dream come true. A kid went through the, the, the youth ranks and then, you know, you play alongside some national, big national team players and eventually have your chance playing in front of 100,000 people, which is massive win championships and stuff. My first championship I won was 20, 20 years old. 
So in front of 80, 85, 90,000 people. So it's massive. And then I guess from that, from that start with Flamengo, I think that's what gave me all my, all my, my career when, when, you know, mo moved on and for good and some, you know, footballers that always have the ups and downs, but I guess Flamengo was the, the biggest push I could have into my, 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 my professional career. Yeah. I, I know GL here wants to ask you about some of the players that you played alongside or came into contact with, but how does, how do you get discovered by the club and then picked up for the youth, the academy? Well, I, I was, uh, I, pl I used to play when I was very young, like 12, 11, 12, I was playing futsal. Brazil is very common futsal for very young players. So that's when you have the, you know, the small space, a lot of touches on the ball. Uh, a lot of those skillful players, Robinho, Neymar, Kakas, Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo, come through this, this situation, Ronaldinho. So I wasn't different. I was there. Suddenly, 12 years old, I jumped into a club called Barra da Tijuca, which is a club in, in Rio, small club. And uh, we play, you know, like a, like usual, usual competition. So playing against these clubs, big clubs, Flamengo, Vasco, Botafogo, Fluminense around the, the state. And and one club, I remember in, yeah, 94, yeah, 1994, play a game against Flamengo in their ground. So even then we talk about 14 year old, 13, 14 year old, a lot of people watching. How crazy, even supporters, not even parents, they come and watch, just to give you an idea. So we talk about 500, 600 people watching 14 year old under under 13 under 14 which is great anyway this game i remember that game we lost 4-1 and i played good game for for bar i used to play a left midfield uh and uh and i remember after that game uh the the director the, he walked towards me and said who is your dad mom we are they here i said yeah my dad's over there in a, in a grandstand and he go, can you call him for me? And then I went there, called my dad, and then they actually they, they spoke about it. And then after the, and he, he just said, thank you. I remember his name, uh, yeah, I can't forget, Adel Braga, which is one of the guys that after gave me all, my, all the support when I moved there. So my dad, my dad came to me after, oh, there's a great news for you. They just got the director here inviting you to come next week for, for a trial, for one week trial. And... Uh, do you want to hear it? It's a long story. Yeah, no, go yeah, for it, go please. Okay, we got pretty, time. It's yeah. pretty interesting, but it's a long story. So anyway, then I had to speak to the club, the Ibarra. They they allow me, of course, like they do for go moving to big clubs. They allow me this week to come. So I had just had to play the weekend game over there. So suddenly I rocked up into the the <laughs> the trial. And it was literally no joke. There was literally around 600, 700 kids. So then I go, wow, here we go. Wow, yeah. Anyway, suddenly out of these, I'll go. Well, how do I get noticed? This I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what I do. Anyway, out of the 600, you literally had 10 minutes to play because they they literally interchanging game for like for six, five, six hours. So 11 v 11 games. So two game, three games going, and the, the scout is watching. So you just gotta. You literally got five, 10 minutes to show something. I don't even remember what I showed to be honest. But suddenly out of nothing, they go, "Can you come back uh, tomorrow or, I've come, or two days later?" So yeah, no problem. Suddenly the next day, 300 kids. So, and then again, and can you come back next uh, uh, next day? And then you go back 100 kids. So eventually we end up with five and they're always one of them. And then, and then, and then us, we, we, we joined the group, the main group training. This, we talk about under 14, 15 then, yeah. which is crazy you could, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So I, was, I joined the, the group, the main group for another week or two. 
play a game, friendly game. And then out of these five players, two stay, which is me and Bruno, which is play for another, play three years and he, yeah, he quit. But that was literally out of these guys, yeah. literally two stay. So, and then I ended up going all the way to, yeah. through the Flamengo ranks. So I yeah. play, you know, the, on the field. And then I went to the, I went through the natural process until the professional. So which I, which I, I when I went my, the, when I did my debut, when I was, yeah, on the uh, 2000. So when I was 20, just 20 years old. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's incredible. It's like a needle in a haystack kind of thing. It's almost like a Hollywood audition. You have your callback. So it's almost, it's insane. Well, when you look at that, that's what you have to have that inner thing inside, you know, that you have to take something out because you look at, you, you literally, you gotta, you gotta do it. Yeah. If you want that, literally you gotta do it because you gotta show, you gotta, you gotta do something that they like it or, but you have to be yourself as well, you know? Yeah, you yeah. can't just pretend you're someone else or do something else. You literally, you got, like I said, you got 10 minutes to show. Yeah. So, like it's just like fighting over the possession of the ball to be able to show what they can do or like what happens? Well, a lot of, well, over there, what the dribbling is a, is, a, is, a, is a main thing. As you all know, Brazilians love to dribble and take players on like I do, like you know, a lot of Brazilian, Brazilian does. But in this scenario, I, th I guess the coaches are, the, the coaches, the scouts, the, they're smart enough to see who wants to dribble just for the sake of show yeah, yeah. or the smart dribbling, the, the passing, these sort of things. Some work in this industry now, we kids, I guess, sometimes take you one touch on the ball to, to realize how good and one movement on the pitch to see how much this kid can give to you in a, in a, you know, in a longer term scenario. That's how I, how I see. So working from outside now. So maybe, you know, you've done, I've done something that they like in that, in that perspective. And then once you're in that ecosystem, it's just... And when, uh, once you're there, yeah. then things become more real. And then you, you're there within the group, within the top players, which are, you know, those players, we can talk about that now. Yeah, yeah, go for uh, it. <laughs> a lot of those players came through with me, then some very big, some playing a decent level, some didn't, but most of them play. Being honest, most of them did play. Well, I've got three that I've found. I'm sure I'm probably missing some, but we've got Julio Cesar, who obviously went on to... Yeah play at World Cups and play for yeah. Inter. We've got Juan, uh, Juan, went yeah, Juan yeah. Leverkusen, Roma, and then we've also got Adriano. Yeah. So that's, that's in big names. These yeah. three, these, these three, Adriano is a bit younger. So he, Adriano is 82, but he was, because he was so good, he always played up. Yeah. So I'm 80, so, I'm in, and uh, we always, and Julio, Julio says, and, and Juan, they, they 79. So somehow when we, we started, so, me and Adriano was closer, and then Juan and, and, and Julio said the same because of categories. So under, let's say under 15, we're under 14. So then you go, eventually when you go into the top, and then we all together, even Adriano, because he's so good. Adriano used to play as a left back. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a left back. I was like, uh, I was like left midfield, but then one coach, I remember this coach, Carlinho, just got into Adriano. He goes, let's play striker for me this game. He went like, he's a beast, and then he scored like two, three goals. That was it. That was the, that was, that was the start for him as a striker. So, but these three players in particular as well, I have some more, like if I, I can just recall, like well, Alessandro, that was a captain for, for, for Corinthians when they won the World Club Championship, right fullback. I got Felipe Melo, played yeah. for, play for Galatasaray. Uh, for, I have, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of players were play with, you know, Atilson, that was a left back as well, left left wing, played for Juventus. 
a lot of players. But these three, Juan is a good friend, he's one of my best mates in, in football, so in life as well. So we, we're great friends and families and all those stuff. So Bernardo, for example, my oldest son, he's a good friend of his, uh, John Lucas, which is same age. So they, he plays for Flamengo now. John Lucas is a goalkeeper. He's under 17's goalkeeper. So they're good close friends. So we, we always connected when you go back to, to Brazil. But we, we won a lot of championships with these guys. Julio says myself, uh, Adriano, uh, Juan, uh, Fernando, uh, Alessandro, a lot, a lot of players that play in a good level as well, not at that level, yeah. but but yeah, I just don't want to be, you know, meaning because I, I don't, yeah. don't want to forget anyone. No, no, no fair no, enough. A lot, of, a lot of these guys play in a yeah. good level as well. Yeah. And, and you could sense, especially with those three, that they were, there was something special about them that they the, had. These guys, like, especially Juan, just to give you an idea, Juan was one year older than me and he was always our idol. It's just crazy to see when you play with a kid that 17 year old, you're 16, and then you go, how, how the, the how the fuck <laughs> these guys do this, like do this stuff? Like, I'll go, unbelievable. Yeah. So Juan started to play with the professional, with the seniors, like 16, yeah. 17, and then he dropped a little bit because of the, you know, the experience and the, and then he went went up again, and really says the same thing, but but it's it's interesting to see how much I learn from a from a guy that was just one year older than me, like, mm -hmm. and in that age, he's such a, so I remember he used to play left back and Juan was playing, playing left center back. So that was the easiest days in my life, playing football. Cause I could, that's why I'm, I'm like very attacking yeah. because it's very easy. The guy was literally, just look at me, man, just go, man. Mm -hmm. Like imagine you play and then you play a game. Yeah. That's what everything you wanna hear <laughs> from you. You look yeah. at your back and then you go, just go, man. Yeah, just, yeah. just simple as that. So good. Was there anyone in particular that you, you try to model your game on or was it just, you know, you just got out and did your thing or was there anyone that came before? That Someone like Roberto Carlos springs to mind being a left back as well. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I always try to, to have my own style, like my own, my, you know, if, I think like every footballer because he, even if you, tr if you try to copy someone, uh, sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. I see a lot of kids trying to copy Ronaldo nowadays yeah. and, and Messi and Neymar. It's not, not going to work. You've got to have your own thing. But at the same time, you have your, your, your players that you want to you you know, mirror yourself, yeah. which is for me at the time, uh, you're right, John Luca, I think, but Roberto Carlos is one that I, that I love to watch him, especially for his runs forward and, and his shots, uh, uh, very hard shots across, So which I, I try to mirror that, which I, I sort of had that similarity, but not even close, of course. But I remember being in the stands and that was always the easiest comparison. It was just like, he's our Roberto Carlos, you know oh, what I mean? Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you, you But being honest, being honest, Tim, it wasn't nothing trying to do. Just yeah. because because when I was young, I used to watch him a lot and then I used to see these things and I'll go, I have this potential, but not, not as same, of course, but so why not? So, but one player as well that I, I actually, I'd done a lot and looked a lot in, uh, was uh, this player called Felipe. He played for Vasco da Gama as a left back, and I ended up playing with him when he, he, he signed for Flamengo from uh, Galatasaray, I think he played. Uh, Roma, yeah, he played, and then he came back. So he sold from Vasco over there, and then he came back and played for Flamengo the 2004-2005 season, which I was there, which I left 2005. So I, I had a chance to play with this guy uh, for one year, and he was actually, he became a left midfield. So I actually play a lot of games with him. So I used to watch him because he had his left foot dribbling. It was unbelievable. You can Google after Felipe, 
left back or left midfield, play for Vasco national team. He's he was he helped my he actually this guy actually helped my game a lot because I played with him and then he told me a lot of things that he did it and worked and then apart from mirror myself in him he actually was be, being older so he helped me a lot in terms of positioning style of dribbling so all these things and I guess helped a lot so these two I could say the, the two more two players that I, I mirror myself. Uh, to become a better player, I can say that. So many fascinating stories. I could sit here and listen to you talk about Brazil. Crazy. Yeah, know. it's insane. I mean... You probably remember a lot of the, those players. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just in, incredible to sit across here and just a fanboy on you for a second, you know, that you've had contact with these players. You've played with them, you know, yeah, you spent your time day to day with them. Research them. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it just got me thinking as well around that time opponents you might have played against would they have included like Kaká and Ronaldinho Kaká I played against Kaká Kaká uh, 2001 when we when we won then we lost uh we we won the uh, we call Copa dos Campeões Champions Cup in Brazil and then you got the spot for the Copa Libertadores yep. so we played São Paulo Flamengo we beat them 3-2 Kaká was just starting he was very Kaká is one he's one year younger than me yeah but he's we're just starting, we sort of start at the same time. Julio Batista, not sure if you guys remember, yeah. played for Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, who else? Rogério Sani, which is a goalkeeper. Oh, so many players, wow. Juninho Paulista, you remember Juninho yeah. played yeah. in the yeah, sure. Yeah. Juninho, oh, Romário, you know, Romário played here. Yeah. So many players, just, yeah, just thinking here. Yeah, Ronaldinho, I played Ronaldinho when, Ronaldinho is a funny story because I only played Ronaldinho when, when we were young. So, which is, um, Back back home, we, you know the National Youth League here in Australia, yeah. sim similar in Brazil, but you got every year for every age group, yeah. from under 14s or 15s. So every year you play. With COVID now, uh, I think they probably, I think I guess they stopped for a bit. But so Ronaldinho, we play once, twice, 15. We we play them in the final, two one. Grêmio, he was playing for Grêmio. Uh, and then he he was sent off the like first twenty minutes. Our 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 strategy, I remember the coach saying, is to send him off. <laughs> we talk about fifteen years old. Yeah. And our 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 number six, which is Serginho, which is his name, he was like that, you know, hard player, and you know, just talking your year. We talk fifteen, like very crazy player. Both went sent off, and then we go, oh, here we go, thank God, because you know, Serginho's a great player. But if you compare, come on. Ronaldinho, was, he was already their player. So 15-year-old, everyone knew him, everyone talked about him. We knew him a lot. So just to see how crazy. So once he sent off, and the game was a bit easier for us, I have to admit. So the first 15, we're under the pump, everyone give the ball to him, just he does his things, you know, those those tricks that he does. No, you can't even look at him, you can't even chase him. And uh, and then, yeah, we lost the final 2-1. I scored the goal, I remember. Uh, and by yeah, by he, but luckily he didn't play full game. <laughs> if he did, I guess it would be like five or six. Yeah. How did you get him sent off? What, what was the? Oh, like you know those those things like pushing, swearing, and then oh, yeah. just to, just to piss him off. Yeah. Literally, was that that was a, that was a target like <laughs> piss him off, and then he'll get sent off because him at the time was a bit you know very oh come on and those things very heated guy. He obviously he calmed down after. And uh, but that was a target, like it was, it was a, I think almost worked, but didn't at the end. Uh, but it was, yeah. What's it like to then, you know, be playing in the Maracanã and you know, these massive stadiums? 
you know, with that you said like eighty thousand people and you know, hundred thousand people, whatever it is. Yeah, I always give that. I give a few interviews about that, and then people ask me that, and then the 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 memory I've got with Mace when I was like twenty one, which we, yeah, we, when we won like championships and stuff, when we play a final game, Copa Mercosul, which is a which now called Sul Americana, which they changed like last like eight ten years, which is the same thing. So we play San Lorenzo from Argentina. Big club as well, massive club. Pellegrino was the coach back then, Mario Pellegrino, yeah, mm-hmm. from yeah. Man City. We had a lot of good players there. Uh, so this game, I remember playing Maracanã, and then just before the game start, and then I looked, at, I gave like a 360 myself, you know, just you know when you got all the teams positioned to start, referee is about to start. I looked and I start looking, you know, because usually when you play like uh, Maracanã, the, the stadium is huge. Is that actually huge? And you can't actually even see like, the amount of people they have in there. Just see how crazy. So, and then I looked at this day and I go, I looked at it. And then I, I done like a start, I looked at all around. It literally every space in the stadium was, was filled. Like, and I'll go, and the, at the time, which I play in the old Maracanã, which is yeah. like over a hundred. Yeah, before the renovations, yeah. Yes. So after the renovation, so I think they dropped for less than 80,000. Still a lot, but after i think for the world cup they done it yeah. or olympics uh, uh world cup uh, 2014 yeah. so they done that renovation so my memories are great because i'm from the old maracana yeah. so i remember after this game and i go wow am i playing from this amount of people unbelievable this was like it was a new new that game it was a tough game very very we we, we drew but these memories stay with me forever and i always give this an example so after we play for example, midweek game, afternoon sometimes, catch-up games like Copa do Brasil, 45,000 people. Jeez. Yeah, just I, I, I'm thinking, I think nowadays I go, how the hell these people, uh, do they work? Yeah. Like three o'clock, like, yeah. like 35 degrees, do they have nothing to do? Like <laughs> crazy, Wednesday, Tuesdays, like that. Usually we play, you know, like over there is Wednesday or Thursday night, like TV game and weekend. So every week, two games a week. You know, like A-League does now, yeah. for us, it was every, all year through. Wow. So literally, you don't have enough time to train, just game. Game, recover, game, recover, game, recover. Yeah. So it was one of one of my dreams coming true is playing for Flamengo, which is my, my childhood team and the team that I still support it uh, back in Brazil, and and playing Maracanã. That was two, two of my best and being a champion, which is one of the three things that I that I, I realized, the dreams that I realized in my life. That's awesome. Like, when, when you go back now, do you, you go back to the club at all? I do, I do. Same what I do here with you guys is great because I think the, 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 the two clubs that I, I have in my, deeply in my heart and, uh, and I, I made a good history in both. So over there, always when you're there, we, they do the same thing, podcasts. Yeah. I just done a, a, a pre-game show with them for the game against the LD, LD, LDU. So the Libertadores, so it was like 40 minutes this week, uh, sorry, last week. So they, they drew to all, just before get my kids to school. Yeah. So my wife going, we got school. I said, come on, hang on. I was live and then, yeah, it was good, good thing. Always these things, you know, we got the, we got over there, the, the, the how do you say, the, uh, the fame, fame whole thing. Oh yeah. The and then you got the, the, the players that won championships and then, Made a made history and stuff. So my name was there as a as a not a comparing to all these big guys, of course, but in the teams that we won championship, which is great. So every time we go there, 
and then you see your name there. So it's it's a great it's a great privilege to to be part of a team like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, okay, I guess now we'll we'll jump to how you arrived here in Adelaide. Just explain again how that whole deal happened, how you ended up here with us, and why you chose to even to come here. Well, this is it's a good story as well because this is I had a few options before come here. So after Flamengo, I went around a bit. I played in America, playing Paraguay, Olympia Paraguay, which is a great club as well. Uh, playing some clubs international in Brazil, another big club. I play around from from when I left Flamengo. Apart from 2002, which I went on loan for international, and I, I went back there. So the others, I moved around until 2006 before I came here 2007. So sort of. In Brazil, you have a lot of issues with, with money, so payments. So I'll be honest, I don't know if I ever said that here, like in Australia, but in Brazil, people know, but I never I never received my salary on time over there. Right, Yeah. really? Yeah. So not I'm saying myself, but a lot of players that play with me in the club. So you it's a hustle to, to get paid. Just given that you work and you don't get paid. So the team that we won the championship, to give an example, Flamengo 2001, we were like five months without getting paid, five months. So literally lucky at the time, I was you know 20 years old, 21, no kids, no family, just my family, which I, I, I used to help and I'm still helping when I can. And, uh, but imagine the players that play with us, you know, like got th two, three kids and, you know, a bit older. So that, that was, now I see that picture. So because of, because of that reason, specific reason, I said, and every club I start, move, I moved to play, same issue. So I literally got tired of it. And then I go, I look, I remember looking at Juliana, my wife, one day after I left Santa Cruz, which is a, for me, that was a, that was the last thing I said to her. This was December, 2006. I uh, left the club, uh, we filmed a contract finished anyway. And I didn't, I didn't uh, resign. We weren't talking about it, but there's still like three, four months left to pay. And I said, guys, it's just difficult to, to work like that. You know, money's not everything, but you gotta, you gotta be able to pay as we work because it's a anyway so i said look yeah then i gotta look for something gotta start thinking you know with agents and stuff and uh so i said i'm not gonna play here anymore so in brazil because i i, I can't do this anymore we have to we have a, we had our our investments there you know like uh, properties and stuff but at the same time at the same time you, you want to grow i was 26 and i still got another good eight eight years if i, if I look after myself so that's when I said to my agent at the time, I said, look, I, I want to look for opportunities uh, elsewhere uh, overseas, but, but even if it's a, you know, not the market that, you know, alternative market, which people call. And then that's how uh, Adelaide came. Came about because one agent, uh, he's from Melbourne, actually. Uh, his, name is, his name is Peter Kokotis. He, I think he worked at South Melbourne and stuff. So he got connected with, uh, with my agent back in Brazil at the time. So somehow my name came through with Adelaide because they wanted the left back here after the 2007-8 season, which I can't recall who played here and then and didn't stay. Uh, was it Matthew Kemp? Matthew Kemp, yeah. yes. Yeah. Kemp, I think Kemp, Kemp, he went to victory. victory. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So, and then because of that, oh, they looking and then Vidi was the coach, uh, Mike Petrillo was the director, and uh, I think a guy director called Glenn Dodds, which was here, he sort of, I think he, he went to and helped through. So the offer came to me for one year deal. So they go, look, we, we want to sign you. They came, they look like we sent videos, games and everything. That's what my agent did the job apparently. 
So sent games from from my, my pre because I was recently start, uh, finished with Santa Cruz, so I was fit. I was I was good to go, which which helped because nowadays if you stop for two three months, it's it's yeah. trouble. Very hard the way the way things go in football. So after that we, uh, I said, look, I, I found it interesting because I go, wow, Australian, uh, you know, you really don't even hear anything about football here. So I go. We just you heard, I heard about rugby and all the stuff. I remember 2005, mm -hmm. the the game against uh, uh, Uruguay. Yeah. So which is a great thing that you know I, I remember that. But I go. Mm. And then I had another offer. Then that's why I uh, I, I told you another uh, couple of stories as well, couple of interviews. I had a, a better offer from Cyprus, so which yeah. a club called Apollon, mm -hmm. so which is a good club, and they play Champions League and stuff. And then I'll go, I'll do my research because I know Greece and Cyprus are a bit difficult with the same same situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I go, I'm no, I don't wanna, I just wanna relax, play and, and get, get paid and do the work. Anyway, I had a friend of mine that played there. So called Marco Brito, I called him. He was he was in Brazil. So Marco, this is a situation. What do you, uh, you know, I got approached by this club. What do you think? And he goes, what are you looking for? And I go, and I ask him what he means. And he goes, you wanna play or do you wanna get paid? And I go, oh, both. And then he goes to play great, good supporters. You're not gonna get paid. I said thank you, bang. And then I and then I I hang up. Yeah. And then I and then I told my agent, I said you let let's uh, let's give it a go with Adley. I'll give it a go. So it's completely different yeah. thing, which is probably being honest now. I think one of the best choices I made in my life. You came here. You obviously made a life here, which we'll get to and everything. But I think I remember when you first got here. Was it straight off the plane and doing a press conference at the airport? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. you didn't speak a whole lot of English no, just then no, either. Nothing. Like, nothing. Uh, well, a little bit, but not even, no, nah, just a little, yeah. just, you know, a few couple of words. Because yeah. I played in America for yeah. for seven months we, we, during the revolution. But even then, because I used to, to stay with all Brazilians there. In America, a lot of Brazilians. Yeah. So when I used to live there, all Brazilians. So I was lazy, to be honest, to learn, you know. Yeah. So I had a translator in the club. Yeah. So no chance to learn. So I did, did nothing. So anyways, but yeah, I didn't speak at all. Yeah, so what was that like? You, I imagine you're jet lagged, you know, you're like, I'm in this new place that I know not much about, you know, uh, and here you are, they're putting a microphone and cameras <laughs> in your face. What's your first impressions of Australia? Step back. Step back. That's what I wanted, team. I, I wanted that. And then I remember looking, Juliana came with me straight away and Bernardo's off, because Bernardo's three years old, my oldest one. And uh, you know, he they 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 all came, we came on the fly, and then I'll go because I, I remember telling them here, Adler said, look, uh, because usually you know how it works, football, the player goes first, yeah. have a look, try out, see what he goes, train, and then the family goes, depending, some family goes after one month. Some goes after five, six, every family is different. So I always want my family close because I want them, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't want to miss anything for my kids, for my wife. Anyway, I remember telling them I'll go, but I, I'll, my family will come with me. And they start, oh, but you, you have to have a look. No, no, no. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, we go back together, no problem. Anyway, I remember telling Juliana, I said, let's do it. We'll, this will work. I got the good feeling. And she's the same thing. And we've done a bit of research. The country's beautiful. We not even, don't even need to comment that. And uh, just about the football in, in terms of uh, the lifestyle we work, we, we were sure about it. Language we have to learn, but the football we have to save because I had no idea. Yeah. 
So and yeah, and then and then everything worked. So once we got there in the airport, I remember like videos there. Yeah. I remember you know Ryan and the guy who used to work as a, a general operation man, manager, which is a used to my good friend. And uh, yeah, like like you said, Tim, microphone, and I go, what's going on here? So <laughs> yeah, that's dead. when everything started. Yeah. Did you know that you were going to be doing a press conference when you got off the plane? Oh, not at all. <laughs> back, back then, was, you know, yeah. we didn't have that much of a you know yeah. just microphone. Yeah. Talk whatever you like. There you go. There you go. I remember they put a band at the back, yeah. gave me a hat, and then I go, yeah, just talk whatever. I didn't even, don't even remember what I said. Yeah, I just remember it was. Um, it seemed pretty quick, and it was like, hey, here's this new signing. He's from Brazil, and you know, Vidi probably translated. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Because Vidi was uh, Vidi speaks very well Spanish. Yeah. That's how I communicated with him when I got here. Yeah. So first six months, he helped me out a lot with that with that translation. So we players and everything, but we had, you guys remember Diego Walsh? Yeah, Diego Walsh. Diego yeah. Walsh is here as well, Diego's Brazilian, so helped me out with that as well. Diego was unbelievable yeah. for me, but Vidi helped through as well. But at one stage, Vidi looked at me and I said, man, come on, enough. Just get out there and start, talk shit, whatever, do whatever you like. So this was great for me because yeah. he, he helped me out, you know, in, on, on that scenario. So yeah, I guess a, lo a lot of people helped me out to, to to establish and to perform and to everything or everyone here in the club back in my first two years especially was unbelievable helping me out make him work so try to make this work for, for me i was gonna say it pretty goes without saying how like embraced you were when you first got here you and your family and i i imagine the community here as well like there's a south american community although it may not be huge you know, they've embraced other players that have come here too so did yeah. that help they embraced me like very well. Like I was actually surprised the way they embraced me because you know, different country, I couldn't even speak anything. Like, you know, like I go, how do these people like me this much? Like, but that's my job, just go and give my, my job and my thing here to come as I go, I'll give happiness to these people because I know they're lacking something here, like uh, football. Because football in Australia, what I realized when I got here, it was just that the natural football, you know, old school football, long ball, fight, then, kick, whatever. So I got here, and once I got here, I go, I remember telling Diego, I said, Diego, are you, is this, that's how they play here? And then Diego go, yep, let's go, I gotta, gotta deal with it. And I go, no, 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 no. Vidi, Vidi sort of changed that, tried to change. Oh, I think all the, the strategy uh, with Adelaide become now what they are now with Carl and, and you know, all the coaches that came trying to play a good brand of football, playing football, I think started with Vidi back then because Vidi, Vidi brought that, uh, uh, try to bring life the way he brought me as a Brazilian. Yeah. He know Brazilian doesn't want to kick and go. You know, yeah. we, want to, we want to play football, yeah. pass, move, dribbling, all the stuff. He had the, he had Diego, he had some other guy, Bobby Petter, which is Dutch player, good player, and we had some very good Australian players here as well, which I noticed playing together, like Travis, uh, Lucas Pantelis, Ange Constanzo, a lot of good good players that you can actually look at them and say, these guys can play. Why are we going long? Yeah. So that's how everything started. And then they'll go, these people are, are great here. Like this, this is, we can do great things here. So the way I play as well, like sort of help these and people got excited about it, bring something different to the, to the supporters mm -hmm. and the, the people in the club were literally uh, uh, awesome with me. Like I remember Nick Bianco, he was, uh, he was the owner there. He, he was that actually awesome. Dario, which is a chairman. Uh, they, they, they helped me settle well and, and my, my family. So it was, it was very good. That was a, that was a very family and, and a humble environment that, that helped me perform. Of course, like I said, you always, you always have hurdles on the way, which is a normal, like every job. But overall, it was a, 
It was a great thing. They always did everything they could to to support me to perform well. Yeah, and then after that year, you end up signing a new contract. And I, I believe you said that it was like a second home here, so uh, which is obviously great. People in South Australia and Adelaide in particular love to hear that. So, yeah, was that just like an easy decision for you guys to make? Or? It was very easy. I remember like uh, because I came with one year, a contract and one option, so one, one, one. So instead of I didn't sign to a sign one just to see how things go. Remember after two and a half months, Vidi came to me, we, we wanted to sign here. So do you want to stay? So oh, straight away, yeah. And now that was a, one of the easiest decisions in my life. Just look, just look at my, my, my wife, say, what do you think? Say, For me, done. Then I went back to them, done. I'm happy. So we, we was already pre, pre-contract. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, we resigned. And then for another year, so it was more, I had another year. So a year and a half then, or more than a year and a half to, to play more, you know, more relaxed and, 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 and play the game. So the great thing here, you know, like you don't even need to tell about you, you get paid on time always. You never have trouble with these. The country itself, it's a, you, you don't have actually any problem with that and help you to settle. So I never thought about these after. So just concentrating playing football. Yeah, yeah. So this is a good thing being here, even though in the, the wages here uh, are not, you know, like the the ones comparing to, for example, what I, what I used to get from Mango when I was the, the peak over there and the teams, for example, like uh, International. Yeah. But even then, like, you know, it, it's a it's a very consistent thing and you don't think about it you just think about play yeah. so which is something that it, it, that's what every footballer does and, and wants to do yeah well i mean the lifestyle is always a huge selling point isn't it here i think for players coming from overseas and at that time as well you know it was a new league but it was growing and you were part of a contingent of other south american or even central american players as well so even though you were rivals i mean did you guys sort of interact with each other away from the pitch, even though you're interstate and you know, yeah, just yeah. sort of come together a bit? We did. I remember after after I, I came and uh, well, sort of helped through with South Americans and especially Brazilians then. So I remember Alemão came, not yeah. Javier Alemão, right back Cristiano came as well. So we had a, and then we, we, we had that group with four Brazilians in, in once. So it was yeah. us, us three plus Diego Oj. Yeah. So we all used to get together for barbecue, Brazilian barbecues and stuff. So the kids play together and stuff. I'm still in touch with, with all of them. So, which is which is a good thing. And then after that came some other South America, which is, you know, Argentinians and uh, uh, Uruguay, like Pancho came, Flores, uh, Geronimo, uh, Cello, Karuska. So all those guys. So I sort of, I helped them through with trust. Then I've done the work yeah. that all of these guys done for me. So Diego, Vidi. So I sort of try to help, even though Spanish is not my first language, but I learn with, when I play for, for, for Olympia, I learn a bit of Spanish there, because uh, they, they obviously speak Spanish in Paraguay. So Brazil is the only country in South America that speaks Portuguese. So it's a bit different, but it's similar. So, but I, I managed to learn that as well through football and uh, sort of doing that work for them. Yeah, so yeah. comes full circle, doesn't it? Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and then I do, well, I have to do it exactly what people done for me. So I remember like we, we punch you helping him through contract here. All right. <laughs> yeah. So I go, hang on. I'm, I'm not an agent, man. I'm yeah. a footballer. So, but then he go, no, nah, no, nah, my agents, he screwed me up. Please help me out. And then, yeah, I remember, yeah, getting his contract, helping me out. Like, that's good. Like, just sign up. Just literally check out if he, everything is okay for him. Yeah, yeah. But he literally had, had access to his contract. So <laughs> Was that like in this room that we're in right now as well or uh, like around here? Yes, I yeah. guess so. 
<laughs> that was literally, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess this one. Was everything good? Like the good thing here, like, you know, like you don't have actually have any problem with it yeah. because pretty stand, pretty clear, yeah. pretty, you know, it's black and white. There's nothing to hide. And then top punch, I said, puncher, from what I understand, this is, this is good. That's, this is what you're looking for. Yeah. yeah so things like that I've done, like interviews and try to solve problems with, you know, with other, other things. And, but, but yeah, you have to do the best you can. What people, what, that's what I carry for with life. What people gave, done it for you, you, you have to do exactly the same to help these, these people. That was great to have these people here to and interact with them. You know, having all those Brazilians in the one team as well, we sort of, were, you don't realize probably at the time, but we were quite spoiled. I think, you know, with the players that we have had, had come through here as well. Yeah, lucky, unlucky for me, I didn't play with Romário. I'd love to. Yeah. So just when I came, Romário left. He was, I had it like just brief, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was four games. It was a four guess. Four games, yeah. yeah guess but he was, he was one to help my, my, my coming here because he's, yeah, he's actually gave a good feedback and yes. Right. Can, yeah. So you, you spoke to him? I spoke. I I, ha I actually haven't spoken to him in person, but he had like his right-handed guy, which yeah. is called Batata, which is a good friend of mine. So I tried to speak to him. I said, "Can you speak to Romario? Did let me speak to him?" I said, "No, nah, he already he already told the club, sign him up, whatever." Because I think they already had contact. Yeah. I don't know how. Because yeah. Romario was good close friends of uh, Dario uh, at the time, Fontana Rossa, Nick Bianco, and and the people on board. And then somehow, of course, I would do the same. They ask uh, you know some feedback and some reference and he, he gave a good reference about it. So, which is, and I'll go, oh, there we go. Said his, he said great things about here, about club, about about the city, about, he said the city's lifestyle is great, so you're gonna love it. He used to live in Glenelg, I guess. Imagine. Yeah, yeah. A pet housing. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Can you imagine him, huh? Yeah. yeah. Pet housing for Romario. That's right. Not bad, huh? <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, that, that was a, a crazy time. And soccer's worst kept secret has finally been made official. Brazilian great, Romario has signed to play for Adelaide United. The 40-year-old has penned a deal to play four matches for the Reds in late November, early December. He's regarded as one of the game's greatest. A World Cup champion just 16 goals short of Pelé's record. Now Romario will play in an Adelaide strip. He's won World Cups. He's been European Player of the Year. He's played in some of the best clubs in, in the world. Barcelona, PSV, uh, Vasco da Gama. Uh, scored bags of goals. The 40-year-old signed on in Sao Paulo this morning and he's looking forward to his time down under. I've been there twice and I know it's a beautiful country, famous for a number of different things like kangaroos, koalas, beaches, wine, nice people and beautiful women. The Brazilian is still playing for Miami FC in America's top league, displaying all his skills. He's got an art that, that you can't coach, it's a, it's a, you're born with it. He was only here for five weeks or a month yeah, or played four, four games, games guess, yeah, yeah yeah and so do you know you know where i was in brazil and then he's the games here yeah going live, live over there yeah you guys know that yeah we did yeah and i i always remember thinking what are they going to think about our league over here and our football like you know not not to downgrade it or anything but like what you've explained as well what them. people are used to yeah so you, I, I was home watching and i go i'm gonna watch this game because i'm right of course but then I, that's why I sticks with Adelaide United sticks in my mind because yeah, yeah. I think they play Newcastle Jets. Yeah, there was it was. They wanted his score, yeah. It's Adelaide going again. It's uh, footwork this time by Spaniolo. Brilliant work by Jason Spaniolo. Jumped by Covington.
seven of his glittery career. And the Romario experiment finally ends in smiles. I was down that end. I was behind that goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. In the he stands. played, I think, two games shown by over there. But I'm saying like t live TV. Yeah. Crazy, like for one player, they they show an Australian game, like, unbelievable. Yeah, that's how huge. I sort of yeah start. I knew a little bit about Adelaide, but then yeah, then once I got, oh, things started to make sense, yeah. you know, yeah. for me about coming here as well. Yeah. I had to see how big he is, and he was at, yeah. over there, and he's yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I still remember watching him like dominate in the nineteen ninety four World Cup, yeah. you know, and getting up. I was in high school then, and just getting up and watching. You know, through the middle of the night and watching these games, him and Babetto. Just unlucky, yeah, yeah. It was, that was a great one of my one of my best uh, best teams and one of my yeah my favorite players of all time, uh, Romario. And uh, I'm just unlucky for him coming here in a you know the end of career stuff and because he would I think he would do he would do well with Cosi at the time mm. and the the players they had pretty good. Carl, I think Carl was there. Yeah, I think I guess Carl Ross. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, came into 40s, like almost 40 years old. Oh, yeah. It's like me now coming play. I couldn't, even, <laughs> couldn't even walk with these yeah. guys. Well, you look like you probably still play. Oh, just <laughs> hey, look. I, everyone's going to give me crap for this, but I do have an over 35s team. You're welcome to come out and play with uh, us. We need a left back. <laughs> well, I, I had like three or four yeah. options there. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure <laughs> everyone's trying to recruit. Tim's always I did, recruiting. I did in Melbourne once, and then I was in Melbourne, and I played one game for La Trobe Uni, yeah. and then like played the first game, second game. Almost scored cracking over the top of the goalkeeper, and then I hurt my foot. And then I go, here we go again. <laughs> I see that scenario again. Yeah. So I had to stop for a month. So old, my getting old. I know. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Think you're young, you can do things, you know? Exactly. And we were never at the level you were at, and we think we can do whatever. Nah, no, but we never know. No, you tell me the team after that we can. Okay, yeah, we'll have a chat. All right, so let's talk about the the Champions League run. We talked to Eugene as well. That I think fans look back on that with, you know, such positivity because it was so unlikely as well, but it was a really great team. Everything seemed to come together and, you know, we just went on this magical run through 2008 all the way to the final. So what are your memories of that? Oh, that was one of my great, greatest memories in, in, in Australia and in football as well. Not only because of the way we played that season, the, the, the Champions League campaign that year, but for the atmosphere around everything. Players, club, uh, supporters, uh, coaching staff, everyone's in the same page. So I think everything worked really well. And then I think that that meant to be because this is the this is the only thing that I would say that the championship that you you lost but looked like you won. Yeah. This one for yeah. us. Because we were like literally nothing. If you compare Adelaide compared to Gamba, Gamba is probably the best team in Asia by far, but I'm saying by far. And we competed against them apart from the final, but we competed against them like, you know, every time, you know, same. So all these clubs in Asia, in Japan, in Korea, in China, and all those other the other countries, but but I guess it was a great it was a it was a great way to 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 turn things around. So I guess this this Champions League for for Adler and actually for Australia was a turning point for everyone. So the clubs could 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 trust and say, well, we can do this. Yeah. This guy's done it. We had a good team. Don't yeah. don't get me wrong. We had a great team individuals as well and, and as a team good coach video is a great coach here with, with few there we had a good uh, had a very good success here but i guess the other teams start looking that oh, we can do this like so i think th this for me there's the main thing that the positive that came out of it because australia became a lot more respected 
not only Adelaide, but all the teams started to become more respected because of that in Asia. Yeah, and like you said, um, you had to finish top of your group to be able to get through at that point. It wasn't the top two then. Top, top of your group. And yeah, yeah. imagine playing like, can't recall, like, but just crazy teams, like good, strong teams. Yeah. The Uzbekistan team, like unbelievable yeah. team and, yeah. and Japanese, uh, Gamba and uh, Kashima, yeah. Antlers, like. Pahang as well. Pahang still yeah. some yeah. very strong teams, which if they play any European team, it's a tough game. So then we go, but then, like I said, we, it sometimes it's good when you go with, with that, you don't go with that responsibility that you have to win the game. Yeah, there's no expectations. No expectations at all. That's how we went. And then we go, remember when players go, boys, let's do it. Let's have fun. Yeah. So literally you work hard, you know, but we actually had fun there. Yeah. I actually had a lot of fun uh, playing that year. And then all the Champions League we play here. I actually prefer that time play Champions League than A-League because the games, Apart from all those games that we play Victory, which is very firing Sydney, yeah. so firing games, those games we play Kashima and uh, Gamba and Pohang Steelers and Bunyodko, uh, these yeah. clubs, there was big clubs in Asia. The supporters, they, they would come in big numbers because they knew we could win. Mm -hmm. So we go, wow, how good is that? Yeah. So, yeah. And the players, the caliber of the players you play against a lot better as well. So you play against big players and good on the ball. You want, you want to prove yourself against good players. So I think, I guess it was a, it was a, it was a great, it was very difficult, but, but very rewarding for us to, yeah. to get through the, all those stuff. Take us in some of those away trips, because I know some of the conditions and the things you had to deal with were pretty crazy as well, just the different traveling conditions or, you know, just different things that you encountered. But like you said, you had a lot of fun. So I imagine like this, that sort of thing, because wasn't there one time you guys got held up in an airport and you had to get, yeah, so. In, in India, in, yeah. in, in yeah, China, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It was a crazy, oh, some crazy trips. You, you guys probably heard about it. Yeah. But the, the funniest one for me when you play Vietnam and then and then we're playing the game and then, and then Viet, it was a team Vietnam, I can't recall, sorry. Uh, anyway, we're playing there. We won the game 2-1. Suddenly down the left, I was going, I got the ball down the left. And then Diego Walsh came over to, you know, to make one too. And then I see that big frog next to me on the pitch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> really? And then that big frog. And then Diego looked at me. I remember passing the boat and then I hit the frog. And then Diego started laughing at me. And then he goes to me during the play, like he goes, you want to do one too with the frog? Huh? And then I go, and then the frog started jumping. Yeah. And then uh, he went outside of the pitch. But but that was that was crazy, and then, and then we started you know peace ourselves laughing after the game. Yeah. So no, some good stories after after the game as well. You know we used to have a laugh, and because I remember the club back then, we always this helped a lot as well as a you know it engages a group. So the the club and the and the coaching staff they always organize a dinner for us, take us somewhere after the game away from hotel, yeah. to get us together. Let let us have a beer or two. Have fun, laugh a little bit. So Uzbekistan and uh, you know China, Vietnam, all these places. So it's always always good. I, I mean, for the bonding, you know, uh, perspective for the team, this helps a lot. It helped a yeah, lot. Yeah, and I guess that carried over into the A League season. Obviously, the Champions League went into that A League season, but then you had the Club World Cup, and you know, obviously making it to the Grand Final. So it was. Yeah, we had a that year was uh, probably one of the toughest years in terms of uh, uh, you know playing uh, and we couldn't even see our families and we're thinking we in Australia like I said in Brazil you got two games a week must yeah. so here you actually have one but suddenly we're playing three yeah. three you know uh, tournaments like we're playing a league season 
in playing Champions League all the way because we went all the way. And then the World Club Championship came on. So I literally can't even see your kids and family, but it was, was a great rewarding thing. And the way we managed both A-League and, and Champions League, when we made both finals, I think that was a, that was a that was a great thing. Even though we have we lost both, but the A League, well, I won't even comment much about the A League final <laughs> because that was a that was a bull crap. But but uh, but yeah, but I think the, the Champions League was was deserved. Gamba deserved big time. They were the, they were by far the, the better club. But we done what we could, and I'm I'm proud for me and for our, for the club and for the the, the players, the coaching staff that were with what we achieved in that in that year. Budionko was kind of like our final almost, you know, we got up, what was it, 3-0 here at home. You set up all three goals. Yeah, the semi semi-final, yeah? Yeah, semi-final, yeah. Nacio looking for Cristiano. Now Diego, there's the goal I've been waiting for. Diego puts the Reds in front. Cassio's continued his run. Cristiano's in the middle. Deep ball instead. Travis Dodd and Fabian Barbier. Close range has doubled the advantage for Adelaide United. But Cassio looking to size things up again. Jamison, Diego, it's a beautiful passage of play. Here goes Cassio, down he goes. And 16,998 people look for a penalty and the Chinese referee obliges. That, that, was, that was one of my, my best games here, uh, I would say. So packed, hand marsh was yeah. packed and... Yeah, that was, I remember like last goal, it was a penalty, I, you know, the guy just hit me in the penalty and I was going to take, I go, I'm going to take these two assists, I'm going to score. And then, but Cristiano used to take it and then he go, no, let me take it. Come on, he was a penalty take anyway, yeah. so he scored, I'm glad. And uh, we won the game. That was one of the one of the best games, I guess. In, in terms of atmosphere, like uh, Adelaide United, playing for Adelaide United, atmosphere, supporters and team connection, Probably the best game I've been involved here. Yeah, the atmosphere was amazing that night. In, I remember that, being there. In, yeah, on the pitch as a player, probably one of the best connections I had as a player, which is with supporter, which is a great thing. I said um, you set up all three goals. I think winning the penalty is uh, yeah, well, consider yeah, setting exactly, it up. I, yeah, I consider you were right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're in there. You, That's it. I would claim it on the that, pitch I, as well. <laughs> I did. I did. No. So yeah, uh, you know, you don't want to talk about that, that grand final that year, but. Yeah, you know, I think because it was a sending off in the semi, the gesture to the crowd. Do we dare talk about that? The my, my gesture yeah, to yeah, the, yeah. This is the semi final yeah, against Melbourne yeah, Victory. That we lost yeah, 4-0, yeah. Oh, I don't regret anything. Yeah. I don't regret what I've done. Has on balance been a tremendous contributor to the Reds, but can't do that in their hour of need or 90 minutes of need next week. It has been an awfully frustrating night for the men in red. And he's let the fans here know what he thinks as well. I remember getting, I was very frustrated with, with losing. And then honestly, I was, we had a bad run against Victory that year. So we lost, I think we lost all games. Are we, uh, the year before we had a great game against them. We won 4-1 here, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. We played a very good game. But the, the year after we had a, they had a great team, but we had a bad run against them. So we lost all game. And I was actually very frustrated and pissed the way, the way the game went. And uh, yeah, I just remember getting sent off. Uh, I remember that player. I'm not sure if you guys remember Seb Ryle. Yeah, that was that was the one that I that I went hard like I was lying to him, which which I regret to to do it. But but at the same time, I just yeah, 
you, you got to, as a professional player, you got to be more, yeah. you got to control your emotions. Yeah. And I always did that. But this game, I have to admit, like I was out of, yeah, completely out of myself. And then, yeah. and I'll send off. And then I had no, I don't regret the, the gesture I, I done against Victor at all, at all, because that, that, that's the way life goes, you know? Yeah. Well, they, you got to be more professional. I understand as a player. I don't recommend any young player, yeah. any player in yeah, the world not, to do We're that. not endorsing it here or anything. Please, but. no, I'm not. Don't do it. I'm saying now, please, anyone, if you see that, don't do it. I did it, but don't do it. Yeah. But I don't I don't regret. That's the way it goes and life goes on. Do, do you think that, that red card impacted you not starting the final? Definitely, definitely. Vili spoke to me after and he, he told me, he said, look, I'm not going to, because they won after against Queensland yeah. and they play, yeah, the game I missed. And he, he spoke to me and then he said, look, I'm, I won't change. And I go, of course, no problem. Because yeah. I, I was never, my, my thing with, with, with coaches and starting and bench and stuff, luckily it was always those sort of those players, they always play most games, starting, play full game, especially being full back, back four, you very rare, you, you, you know, come off unless you play a really bad game. But it was sort of, a, my, my history was good because I was, I was more. I was a very regular player, yeah. consistent player. So I'll try to be. Of course, you play some bad games as well and stuff. But so when the coach and the and the and the, the coaching staff and they 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 honest and open with you, and they they did like what Vidi did to me, like pretty open. I I, I went to him. What do you want me to say, mate? You the coach. You you right. Do what you have to do. I'm here to support you. If you need me anytime, I'm here, mate. Don't worry. So this I think that's the way. That's the way it goes for every every play in the world. I seen all these play, players complaining about about not playing and uh, and this and that. I say, man, just train as hard as you can. When you can have your chance on the pitch, show the coach that you want to play, and then and then he'll yeah, put take you. It. Yeah, yeah, that's so right. So you gotta be you gotta be honest, like like Vidi was with me, and then fine with it. Just move on. I know I know these sorts of things are kind of on the negative side, but like and and at the time. You know, like you said, we didn't have a great run against victory, but all these sorts of things kind of do add to the folklore of the of the rivalry, yeah. don't they? And I think, you know, fans like myself and, you know, and others out on the terraces are just, you know, they're the sorts of things they remember. And that's what makes it such a big game and such a big fixture now. I guess I started from the 6-0, 6-1 or 6-0. Yeah, six. I was there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so that's all started from that one. And the Adley, which is good, like, and from that Cozzy and yeah. Musket thing as well. Which is, you know, always everything started from from that again, which is, which became a, a, a you know, a good rivalry. Let's be honest. I, I don't know if it's a healthy rivalry. <laughs> I don't know if it's healthy. But but yeah, but it's a good rivalry. And then you know those the, the years after two thousand seven, two thousand eight, the, the the gesture that I've done, you know, it, it's uh, I know could affect me in terms of one day. You never know. You know, footballers you can move to clubs and yeah. being approached by victory could affect it. I never thought about moving Adler anyways. So like I said, like I said to you guys, I've always I've done it, but I don't recommend anyone. But sometimes you things that you do, you don't think, you know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's in the heat, of the, moment. Yeah, yeah. heat yeah. of the moment, you know. But everyone's I been remember there. when I went to Melbourne, uh, you know, this year, last year, and then one of the kids, yeah. one of the kids, one of my players at Melbourne City came to me and said, Okay, so I remember watching one of your videos when you when you done a gesture like put a banana to the crowd, yeah. and I go yes, but don't do it, please. Yeah. That was wrong. So yeah. you gotta you gotta sort of reteach in that. Yeah, but anyways, but it, that, again, life goes on. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's gonna forever live on on YouTube. That video. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, good. My boys, my both boys, like always ask. Oh, not always, but I used to go. Yeah. And I'm like, Dad, what did you do that? <laughs> I got that. That's it. Don't worry, forget it. Yeah. Look, I know it's not a happy memory. We don't have to talk about the grand final itself and the and the uh, the red card and everything. But inside the room after, what yeah, what are you guys the, going through? Yeah, with the final. Uh, there was, a, there was a very bad, uh, you know, mood within the change room because of the, the way that happened. Mm. So I think with, with Cristiano sent off was, yeah. wasn't fair. Yeah. Seeing if it was nowadays, you know, with VAR and everything, you could see 100%, you'd probably go, you know, by the probably yellow card, not even yellow card because it wasn't intention. Anyway, but that, that's the way it is. I guess the, the mood w wasn't good. The players, we felt it. We could have won the game. We definitely could have won the game. Especially, remember when I came on, I crossed the ball to Paul Agustin. Not sure if you guys remember that. Yeah. Paul was right in front of the goal, no keeper. And then I think he missed the, the unlucky things that happened. He missed, I think, or someone came across. But it was like, there was 1-1, one, one, then we're back in the game, you know? So, but yeah, I think for, for a 10-man team in final, I think we've done even okay. I have to admit. So getting down from, I think it was from 10 or 15 minutes, I think we should have said that. Yeah, yeah, it was early. It was early. Right in the beginning. Yeah. Really? Yeah, killed the but game. But in, yeah, in terms of refs, mistakes and these and that, I guess looking back, it, it, is, uh, it is frustrating. We could have won, it could, could be great. But at the end of the day, you know, referees are there like players. They, they're there to make mistakes. So sometimes they make mistakes. That's why the VAR sometimes I think is too much, you know. Yeah. Let them make the mistakes. Obviously, sometimes if you get too obvious, too, uh, you know, fluent mistake, then different story. But they there, it's a human, you know, human mistake, human being, and they, they're going to make it. So we, we can't blame the, the ref then. As a supporter, I know everyone gets gets upset, but unfortunately, I got upset. But at the end of the day, they, he, I guess he probably admit later on he made a mistake. Uh, but what do you do, man? You know, yeah, that's, that, right. that's, yeah. But like you sort of touched on before, looking back, it was quite a successful season because you were so competitive in every competition you played in. And so often in the like looking into the future from that, you would see that if you did well in Asia, your league form would suffer, wouldn't it? But you guys managed to balance and juggle both competitions. So Yeah, I guess it's a credit for the coaching staff. So Vidi, Vidi and, and Phil Stubbs at the time, they, they've done a good job like managing players and stuff. Because, you know, the A-League group, the, the squads are not huge. Like, uh, right. you know, in Europe, in South America, you've got like 28, 30 players. You can sort of juggle them, play two, three competitions. Here are uh, short, the, the squad are short, and you always have to manage it. I think they've done a great job. Most of the players, the starting 11 players, played, played most games. Uh, but at the same time, a lot of players, that was great because a lot of players had a lot of opportunities. Even some younger ones coming up and, and, and stuff. Uh, I remember... Remember Ozzy, Ozzy Malik and starting very young, Evan, uh, I think Evan came a bit later, but some, some other players that, that, that came. Maybe even Michael Maroney? Michael Maroney, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah I think Ozzy and Michael both debuted at the Club World Cup. Yes, Michael Maroney and Ozzy, some other players that yeah, came, came. Robert Eunice, that. I remember that name. Robert Eunice, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we had some, some good young players, but if you look back and go, well, these young players, they had a chance. Playing a World Club Championship, unbelievable. How good is that? Yeah. So... I think the, the the I think the credit goes off for the for the coaching staff and the players itself, uh, not to get too many injuries. The 
the physio department and the uh, the doctors at the time, even though you always had some issue, issues with, with, with that. But at the time, they done, I think they done a good job, keep everyone on, on the park as much as they could. It yeah. was a, a good stuff. And taking it to a positive place after that grand final, how did you guys then come together, pick yourself up? I know it was a bigger gap between seasons then as well because the grand final was, what, February or something, and then you didn't start till later. But how did you guys, you know, move on from there? It's a big hit because you got, you got two – we got so close, you know, especially for Champions League, like it's such a big thing. And then you go, wow, we could have at least if we won one, I guess the other one goes a bit, you know, and then you forget a little bit. But we lost both. I, I, I remember the feeling wasn't wasn't great. But I, as I said here, at the same time, uh, we knew what we've done, what we achieved in terms of Champions League, you know. So with A-League, you know, we, we knew that we could have won. Because we knew that our squad was very strong at that, in that year, uh, the, the the club put a good strong uh, uh, team together, so we could have won. I guess us with victory probably the best two, the first two three years after Brisbane start with that good run. So before that was all Adelaide, Adelaide victory, Adelaide victory, and uh, I guess the mood wasn't wasn't great, but we had to restart. I think the the worst things that can happen uh, that that always happen here is the the, the long preseason, like yeah, you said. That's right. Which is probably the, the only downside, I would say. But but anyways, but you gotta yeah. It's if you're taking the positive side, it's it's a long preparation, so you can prepare yourself very well for the for the season. But apart from that, like I think everything we we took it once you once you go back, new season, have to forget what's what's in the past. You have to restart all over again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I feel like we're running out of time here and we haven't even got to the rest of your time here at, at United or even the goals that you scored because I have fond memories of the goals. And again, it's the reminiscent thing of Roberto Carlos just smashing it with your left. I know you, uh, your first goal was a free kick against victory. My first. Is that, is, and is that the one where they picked you up and you're yeah, celebrating? The, this is the first one, uh, the yeah, A-League goal. But I scored like, pre, I'm not sure remember. Oh, yeah, yeah pre-season, pre-season Cups. cups. Yeah. yeah. I remember that, that year I scored like three goals, like yeah, free right, kick, yeah. two free kicks and one scoring the final against uh, against Perth, which we won the pre-season yeah. Cup. And uh, yeah, it was, I scored three goals there. But my, A-League, my first A-League goal was against victory, free kick, yeah. Had Vargas on the post. He's now gone away. Cassio curls it. That, that Sasha Gonowski was holding me. I just told him in Portuguese, I guess, just just leave me alone. Yeah, I want to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was a couple of like cannon goals. I think there's uh it was a brace against Wellington. Yeah, brace against yeah, Wellington. Wellington. Yeah. yeah. Similar goals across the keeper. Yeah. That's good work though by Cristiano. Third goal would make it tricky for them. Oh, and they've got a third goal from Cassio. A blistering strike by the Brazilian. His second goal in a red jersey. Cristiano, beautifully done. They've played some great stuff, Adelaide United here. Cassio in space. Cassio! Spectacular by the Brazilian. Fantastic goal. Fantastic move. Adelaide have the three points. And again, you just knew he was going to shoot then, didn't you? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. A really good volley against like Newcastle, was it? Top yeah, corner? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Free kick against Gold, yeah. Gold Coast or Central Coast, I remember. Central Coast, Central Coast, Central Coast yeah. yeah. Top top right, yeah. Top yeah. right, yeah. Wusu won the header. Cassio tries the spectacular. And that's brilliant from Cassio. One of the great A-League goals. Kennedy could 
Do you remember them as vividly as perhaps we do? I do. I yeah. do. I do. Because I, I didn't score like, well, for fullback, I guess it was a, it was a yeah. decent. I scored like 11 or 12 goals, yeah. uh, league goals. And so for 150-something games, 58 games, I guess it's not. I would expect, I would like to score more. Yeah. But I mean, um, as a fullback, you know, yeah, sometimes right. you gotta, I remember all of them. Yeah, yeah. I remember against Sydney FC when they played Adelaide Oval. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that goal was like, yeah, I was playing as a left wing. Yeah. I remember coming across playing like a, in a, actually it was a small area, like in the 60, 60 yard box. Yeah. So just very small, just, you know, small touches and the goalkeeper and this play across the keeper. It's done well there, Travis Dodds, time for the error. Just use his pace, but Middleby's quick too. Oh, and then he's lost it, and this is a chance for Adelaide. And Cassio pokes it in, and Adelaide right on the stroke of half time have the lead. Yeah, I remember all of them very, very well, very well. Well, like you said, you spent most of your time at left back. So, you know, although you got forward, it was, I mean, you put in a lot of balls, and we scored a lot from, from you setting them up. Yeah, so, I did. Well, I actually had more pleasure setting up and assisting yeah. than scoring, to be honest. Uh, I don't know why. Like some, I remember scoring a goal. We scored a goal against Gold Coast, which I came from, made a deep run from behind, like dribbled like three players and just cut back. And then Travis received play, like lucky, lucky score. Yeah. Like I remember that goal. I go, wow. That was, look yeah. back now when I, people, sometimes people send me. Here's Cassio inside the box. Kept his feet and found Lecky. Here's Travis Dodd, got a score from there and he does. Great build up from Adelaide United. And from Cassio keeping the ball, very incisive run into the box. On my Instagram. Oh, yeah. <laughs> goal and I go, yeah. Oh, I didn't remember that. No, no, I do. Wow, that's good. Give me, uh, you know, same or even more pleasure than when you score, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the score is just a matter of tapping or this and that. But the work that was done behind that, yeah. that you know, that leads into these, sometimes it's more. Yeah, especially if it's a, a good teamwork goal and, you know what I mean, there's, you know, there's a few of you involved and it's a nice flowing move. Yeah, especially being left back, you know, so you, you don't expect to score every, in every game, but you're there to support your team and to help your strikers to score, midfielders. But that's my job always. Yeah, there was, there's, we always remember, I think fans fondly remember your signature move. I don't know if you think of it as a signature move, but it was like the fake right, go left. That one I do. Yeah, yeah, you do. That one I do because I remember most of the games I play, I remember the play standing out on my on my left. Yeah. And then I go, why? I knew it, but it gave, they gave me the full, the, 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 the middle for me. Yeah. So which you never do. Well, I mean, as a, as a player and coaching thinking, yeah. don't give the, you know, don't give the middle, give the, yeah. with me the opposite. Yeah. The player was defending me on, the, on my left foot. Yeah. But even then, sometimes I'll go. Yeah. But then, yeah, it's weird. It's weird when you when you look at the picture and I go, yeah. look at the videos back and the players defending me like that instead yeah. of defending like that. You know. That's right. I know. And it was funny. Like it felt like it was every time as well. And you could, you just knew you like you know he's gonna go left, and then you still did it. Still put a ball in, and you the know. Good, the good thing, funny is the the players playing against. Like you can sometimes get two. They go, shut his left, shut his left, and then they go, no fuck, <laughs> <laughs> told you. <laughs> That was funny. Coaches, I was like, yeah. Grandma Arnold, like always in the sideline. Yeah. Told you, shut his legs. <laughs> well, funny story. Good guys, these guys, so good. Was that something that just sort of that you just developed naturally, or was that a move you worked on? Where well, did it come from? this, yeah, this is a move that worked. Like I said, I watched this guy, the Felipe, which is this guy. He does a lot. So he used to do a lot, and I go, wow, this guy dribbles almost every player. He 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 goes, he takes on, he gets past. 
But because he is a midfielder, sort of more midfielder, then so easier for him to close to the goal. For me, is it being a defender hard because you have to yeah. dribble from the. But I, I remember you used to do. Yeah. And most coaches here, uh, most coaches here, they they just tell me do it, man. If you if you if you can do, yeah, do it. back yourself and go Be for yeah, it. Yeah, because I yeah. It's, it's a, it, I knew it was always a responsibility if I lose the ball because I wouldn't have many people to support me behind. Yeah. So once going close to the halfway line, but I had such that confidence that I would pass a player. And then I would do it. But my, my trick there was mainly, I would, I would, I would tell my trick there. Please I, I always look to the players, defenders' feet. I never look to anything else. I just look to their feet. So once they do one move, which they won't catch me, then I'll go. So literally, that's my, my, my trick. And obviously moving, looking around the, the pitch, what's the movement sort of. So if I see a player coming, you gotta, you got to see that vision. you got to have that vision as a player of what's going on. Because sometimes I used to drag two players because of that. Because one stay on the left and one on the right, there is always someone else free if you had drag yeah, two. Yeah. So this is another option. If they come, usually I'll, I'll, I'll give the ball. But, but I was so, so confident to get most this this time. And, I, and then I used to do it. And then, yeah. But the trick there, look at the players' feet, which I'll tell my kids in my academy and, yeah. and the kids that I coach. Yeah, When you go one-on-one -on -one situation, when you're not into that speed, you know, into... into which you can beat players in speed. Just if you go in the balance, just look at their feet, and then you see how they where they go, and then you can go opposite side. It just it's not it doesn't work like that easy. That like yeah. I'm saying, you know. Yeah, yeah. But but obviously, yeah, it's something that I used to do, and then yeah. I, I I can say. I tell I'll I'll tell you where it will work really easily, and that's in our over 35s comp. If you come and play, it's just to bring <laughs> it back around. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, very easily. Never know. <laughs> just to 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 wrap up, uh, you obviously love to hear so much that you're still here. And you even went to Melbourne and you're back now with your family as well, which is great. And we're, we're excited to have you guys back and have Bernardo now as part of the club. So, you know, you become an Australian citizen. You know, we know you love Adelaide. So tell us about coming back now and obviously Bernardo now being part of the team. As I said, we're excited that he's part of the club. He's an exciting player. So, yeah, just, you know, you've come full circle. I guess this is, this is meant to be. Yeah. I, yeah. We went. We went to Melbourne. Look, so they, 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 they contact us like this two years ago. He was very young. He's just 10, 15. Contact us. Can you, can you come? Just give it a go. And then we went. We gave it a go. I got. I had a work there. I, I was working in academy ranks there, which is very good. The, the club is is a good club as well. Good setup. But suddenly you see, you know, like it, it, it's not the, it's not what we wanted, not, not what he, he wanted, not what I wanted. And then even though Melbourne is a great city as well, not as good as Adelaide, of course, <laughs> but, uh, but it's a, it's a great city, you know, to live. And, and we, we thought once this opportunity came to come back here, like speaking to, you know, to Bruce and Carl, uh, about it. And I, I think it was a no, no brainer. So I spoke to Bernardo, say, what do you think? And he straight away, I remember looking at him, he looked at me, his eye like goes, oh, really? Yeah, Kenny, I said, yeah, we'll have to speak to to City, but yeah, we'll, we'll make a way because that's, I think that's where you belong. Yeah. And that's where you, the, these people, they're really putting a lot of uh, a lot of faith in you. So Carl and Bruce and, and Ross and Eugene, these guys, they, they believe that you can, I'm not saying straight away because mm -hmm. you're very young, but you work, like I said, like I said to you guys earlier, I, I, I'll tell my kids, you want to, you want your spot, you got to work hard for it, mate. Nothing, nothing comes for free. If you want to play like I did play and like the players play, you got to work your ass off. If not, you're not going to get anything. 
So anyway, and then and worked. So I spoke to spoke to his mom, had a chat, and then we we came back here, which is a great thing. So once we back, like I remember coming back, had that move, you know, had to drive both cars and all those things. So they already here because Manado's already training. So he sorted out. I came to sort it out with his situation with with Bruce and stuff, and so it was all good. The, the club looked after him as as usual, as they did to me. They're doing with him. What are you guys doing with him is great. So he's, he feels like home. And then and then we go when we settle at home, and then we look at each other, look at my wife, and go. I think th- this time now we we have to stay, like because we we when. When I finished with United back in 2014, 15, just going back a little bit, uh, the, our kids are very young. So Bernardo's very young, Enrique was very, very young, and we didn't even have our little one, so Marina. So we, we thought about going back to Brazil to live for good. We go, oh, let's go back, even though we Australian citizens start, we, we, we became Australian citizens in 2012. But we so we, we away from home for probably since 2005. So we talk about, like, you know, 12 years. Mm-hmm. So I haven't actually seen, you know, family, my parents, my, my, you know, my wife's parents and, and cousins, and we have a huge family over there. And I go, this is a great time to go there and spend time with family now. Mm-hmm. And then let's have like a three, four months relaxing time, which you never had in football with football. Then we think about what are we going to do? Going to stay there. But eventually I jumped into my academy situation and we didn't have a chance to go back. So yeah, so we planned. We planned actually. We planned because we we bought an apart, apartment there. We 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 done a lot of stuff inside. Spent a lot of money, and we actually didn't even live in there. So we never lived in this apartment. Crazy. So we ended up renting it, and then so. But it's things that we done it. We spent money, and then we never never used it. So coming back in here now. So we thought that was the right choice we made. Coming coming back to Adelaide for good because now we. We're looking to stay here for a long time. Bernardo hopefully can have a solid career here. Started to play, you know, so whenever the coaches think he's, he's ready to go, he's having a good run with the NPL yeah, with the boys, he's doing well. which is really good. What the watching what Ayrton and the, because I know Ayrton as well, uh, because Bernardo played with, with Carl and Ayrton back then with the, with the NTC and yeah. stuff. So they know, they trust them a lot. Ayrton's a good, good educator as well, help these kids. So I guess. All, all the environment with Adelaide United now yeah. is probably, I would say, it's probably the best environment for a young player to perform and to become a footballer. So if he's aiming for a next step, Europe or something, this is probably the best he can be. Don't worry, it's, that's what I tell Bernardo as my son, but to any other young player, it's not time to think about any money at all now. Mm. Just time about concentrating your career and playing, training as hard as you can work for your team and then get your opportunities when you have it and then you take it. So this literally, we're happy, happy to be back and happy to be here. Adelaide is a great place. Everything's easy. Yeah. So not like Melbourne, it's not yeah. like one hour and a half drive, one yeah. hour drive. But, but yeah, we, we're so happy to be back. Yeah. It would have been tough last year as well with lockdown in Melbourne. We had a tough time. year. We had a tough year. Bernardo's lucky and myself as well because we had the permit for for work as footballers as a professional footballer and myself as a as a as a professional coach as well for the club but but even then like the only time we had to get out of the house is that like when the training and and you know in shops and stuff but we actually had a big one because after the the first one we know where all the whole country went i think adelaide done well and then some other cities done really well never got back in so we actually got back we got back into normal life for three four weeks then he went back in for three months. 
these three months was the hardest one. Because the first one, you know, I was hearing everyone, oh, let's yeah. go have, have, have a party. Hey, go, man, you're locked down. So you want a party. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, that, yeah, that was a full-on hard lockdown. Full-on. The yeah, three yeah. months after the, the, the first one, yeah, the break, three, three four weeks break, that was a hard one. Because then we go, even for the, I imagine like families like, like us, I'll give, I, we have like three-year-old uh, three girl, like she was at two at the time. And, and we go, wow, it, it, was, it wasn't easy, but we went through, we tried to take the best out of it, the, the, the you know, I think mentally, mentally strengthen up us, you know, like uh, the kids and myself, my wife and all, and all the families around, you know, I think in Melbourne, you, know, you strengthen up a bit and you become a bit more resilient with these. So I guess you've got to take the positive out of it. If you just think on, you know, that and lockdown and hard, I think it was hard, but at the same time, what was the positive outcomes out of it? So that's how we always think and try to try to take the, take this for, for, for us and for my kids. Yeah, it's a great outlook. And, and just lastly, for those fans that want to know more about Bernardo, the type of player that he is, he plays in midfield. He's not a left back. No, so, he's not. He's not. I'm yeah, glad he's a creative he's midfielder, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's number, number 10. He, play, he was playing as he was playing as a winger, left wing, and, but more winger than 10. But I guess Kyle knows him very well and, and, and Ayrton and, and Ross, they, I guess he's playing more 10 here, which is, I, I think... He, he feels very comfortable there as well. Both ways, he feels comfortable. Whatever he gets pushed to play to, he's got to do it. Yeah. You got to be ready, somebody. You got to play. You play for a club that you that you supported when you're a kid. So a club that you, you your childhood club, which yeah. is you love it, and you and I think you if you're going goals, man, you got to do your best. Yeah. So you got to play. You got to do your best. Because I imagine he grew up around the place. He would have been with you at training sometimes, and yeah. with some of the other kids. And always, yeah. always, he yeah. used to be actually used to be with with Ange son. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, Dom, Dom yeah, Dom and uh, Travis. Uh, so we had all these kids bring them to like weekends after, especially recovery sessions. Yeah. Bring them, they can run around at Coopers and games. Always in games. So that he had that uh, that familiar thing when he came back here. So, which is completely up to him now if he wants to go all the way or not. I just, you know, the opportunity that, that the clubs give him is is unique. So, I guess he's he's taking it. He's doing very well so far. So, we're there to support. I've done my job. That's why I tell you, say, I've done my career. I played. It's your turn. Whatever you need. If you need a help, ask us. But you got to do what you got to do. Your coaches are your coaches. And then you got to, if you got anything you, you got to ask, you ask them. Because I can't help you. I'm not your coach. <laughs> So yeah. even people thinking that, oh, he, yeah. Cash is his dad, he play, he can give you, uh, the, 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 tip, the tips I give him is, is the tip I'll give anyone. So just work hard. Things, same things that I, I said to you guys here, because he's got to deal with any, any issue with his coaches, with his teammates, with the club, which is, then he'll grow. Then you can grow as a player, as a person. Yeah, well, it's great to have you and your family back here, back with the clubs. And this was... Awesome talking to you. I, I feel like we're going to have to do it again because there's probably some more stuff we could get into. So really appreciate your time. This has been been awesome. Thank yeah. you. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Cassio. Thank you, Gianluca. Thank you, team. Thanks for that, guys. And uh, I love to participate. Any time, you know, if I'm free like like today and then I can do it, I'll be more than happy to come back and, and share my stories with you guys. All right, sounds good. And I'm just going to flog a dead horse and we'll talk about that over 35s comp now. <laughs> All right, that's good. All right, guys, thank you. <laughs> Thanks.